Welcome to Hope in the Halls. Christian Voices from Washington, D.C. Sponsored by Hope to the Hill. Also sponsored by Can We Pray. With your hosts Nathan and Amber Kistler. Learn more about Hope to the Hill at www.hopetothehill.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> a little hiatus here. Just a little one. But uh, Amber is back. And, back in um, full swing. Back in full swing. Maybe and, not full swing, but well, half swing. I'm grateful. And uh, typically we would be talking about something different, but maybe let's kind of explain what all happened over the last few week or two. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you kind of go from there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've been doing IVF since June of this year. We started that. Really, we started the process in December of last year, but we actually didn't start <clears throat> the medication until June, or I started the medication. I say we all the time because we are both doing it, but it is me who has to take all right. the medication, right. but it is a team effort. <laughs> um, and so I started medication in June, and um, we kind of had smooth sailing you know, through June and July, and then found out I had to have a surgery um, to remove some polyps in order to proceed with IVF. And that was a little bump in the road, but it wasn't, you know, a huge uh, disappointment, I should say. It just kind of, you know, pushed pause on it for us for a little bit. And then um, got through that. And then we went back to the IVF doctor and we were ready for the last round of shots, which I had to take. We started those this last week, actually, started them on Thursday. And, um, I had been on a certain medication since June that I never stopped because they actually didn't want me to stop that medicine. And, um, but the shots I had just started this last Thursday. Um, and so, uh, I started feeling heaviness in my chest and that's kind of how it started. Um, I've had pneumonia before and that is what I liken it to is just, it was really hard to breathe. Um, it wasn't excruciating pain at that point, but it was just a heaviness. Uh, it felt like something was just like heavy on my chest and my lungs, <clears throat> they kind of hurt for my lungs to expand almost. And so that was Thursday. I was on the road. You had gone home and we were preparing actually to go to DC because we were supposed to fly out that next Monday to do outreach for DC. <clears throat> and so, um, we were in Indiana and then we drove uh, to another concert in Indiana on Friday night. Friday night came and we did a concert that night and I started noticing that whatever was going on had gotten just slightly worse. It wasn't horrible yet, but um, I was having even more difficulty just taking deep breaths. And of course, when you're a singer, that is not good. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, I remember telling my mom that morning I I had like this almost like an achiness and just the breathing was really, really, really hard and heavy. And we went in to set up and I felt like, man, I just don't feel good. You know, you just, you could tell when you're, there's something wrong with your body, but you, I've never had this before. So I didn't know what it was. And, um, we went and did the concert and man, I was, worn out after that concert. My breathing was so different for that concert than it's ever been. I mean, you know, we hold our notes forever is Hmm. what we do. Yeah. 
And I couldn't do that. I had to take a breath after a breath after a breath in between lines of a song. Right. Um, and so got back on the bus and kind of just thought, you know, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to go to bed. And then in the middle of the night, <clears throat> excuse me, I woke up and all of a sudden I had this pain in my shoulder, my right shoulder, in the back of my shoulder blade, and then in my rib cage. Everything was on the right side and then the middle of, of my chest. And it went from probably a, a six to a 10 in about an hour and a half to the point where I was in tears. And I went up front of the bus and I just tried to breathe and I stopped being able to take breaths. And that's when it started getting scary. And I thought, man, it, it mimicked feeling like a pulled muscle. That's the only way I can describe it. Right. And I've never had a heart attack before. Thank God. But I would imagine that it has to feel something close to that because my whole arm was in pain. Right. Just my whole arm, my whole side, um, just shoulder pain, all of that. And I've Mm. heard that heart patients say that their, their arms hurt, you know, when they have a heart attack. And so I, of course my mind started spinning of like, what could it be? Could it be a heart attack? Am I having a heart attack? Mm. Am I just have a sprained muscle? We had been at the lake on Labor Day. So I maybe likened it to maybe I sprained something. Maybe I've just strained a muscle while we were out on the lake, even though I had done nothing strenuous. And so, um, I waited around, I took a muscle relaxer to try to ease that pain and it did nothing. And, um, and it just got worse. The breathing was just very, I mean, I think I was taking a breath every second. It felt like, and it hurt to breathe at that point. Which is not good for your oxygen at that point, because if you're hyperventilating or breathing short breaths a lot, it's slowing down all that. So, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I was trying to breathe, but I didn't want to breathe because if I did breathe, there was immense amount of pain on the other side of that. Right. And so I would breathe to the point where there was no pain, which made it very shallow. And that's where you can start hyperventilating and not mean to. And that's what was starting to happen. Right. Um, and so the decision was made that I needed to go to the hospital, to the ER. Our driver found a hospital, and I just think it was God, honestly, that led us right there. We were in... Of all towns, we were in St. Mary's, Ohio. There's nothing in St. Mary's. There is nothing in St. Mary's, Ohio. (laughs) And so he found this hospital. We pulled in. I got off the bus. Um, Melody and my mom were with me. We we rushed into the emergency room. And I started telling them my symptoms. I was bawling my eyes out because of the pain. And you know, everybody that knows me knows, I do not go to the hospital Unless I am feeling like I'm on death's door. I just will not go. Mind you. Yeah. I mean, I, in agreement, whenever we you had the ectopic pregnancy, I practically had to drag you uh, to I the emergency room. I finally did agree. Yeah, but, but you just, you don't like going unless you feel really bad. Yeah. I mean, and it's not so much a stubbornness because it's not that I'm not one who doesn't believe like the doctors can help me. It's not that I don't like going to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I just don't enjoy the process yeah, I and I don't want to waste my time if it ends up being nothing. Like I'm right. like, if I can fix this at home, why do I need to go and, you know, waste insurance and all this money that we're going to have to spend. And so I just, I want, I make it worth it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) If I'm going, it's probably going to be worth it to go. (laughs) But, um, 
So we get into the emergency room and I'm explaining, you know, trying to explain all the symptoms that I'm having. And a nurse is down the hallway and she runs to me and she's like, what, what are, what are you feeling? What's, what's the pain level? And I said, it's, you know, she, they always say pain level one to 10 and I'm like 15, 20. That's how bad it was. And so they immediately took me back to a room because they could tell my breathing was so shallow. They needed to get me on oxygen and so I get back to the room 10 minutes later, we go to a, a CT scan. And, um, I don't know if you've ever had a CT. I'm sure a lot of you listening have, but the iodine that they put in your body, I've never had that before. Strangest feeling I've ever had in my life. It is so hot when it goes in your body, your body feels like it's on fire. And I just wasn't prepared for it because they were trying to rush me and get, you know, answers to what was going on. And so, um, mind you, in the middle of all of this, you were back at home and yeah, I was getting ready to go to DC. Yeah. And so, you know, you were getting phone calls and updates of what were going on. And, um, they put me in the CT scan and it wasn't probably 20 minutes later. They, um, after they brought me back, they said, okay, you've got two pulmonary embolisms, one in each lung. And I also had a little bit of fluid, which is why if I'm coughing a little bit, there was a little bit of pneumonia from that fluid that had developed and so on my right lung yeah and so i didn't know what that really meant because i mean i've never had blood clots before and i didn't know that the ones in the lungs were the most dangerous and didn't know how to treat it didn't know what was going to happen i really thought okay they're going to give me some medicine i'm going to get back on the bus and we're just going to go on with life like they're going to get rid of the pain no i was wrong um like I said, I didn't know how dangerous they were. And so they admitted me to the hospital that day yeah. and immediately took me over to a room. And like all of this, from the moment I walked into the emergency room to the moment I got into the actual hospital room, it was probably 45 minute span. Yeah, it was pretty short. It was pretty quick. Yeah. And and thankfully for them, I mean, they were great. They were a great team of doctors and, and the hospital workers there were amazing. And Very so, small hospital. Yeah. And you were the youngest person on that floor. The rest were older folks. So they, you were an, an anomaly to them. Oh, yeah. We found out. But, um, yeah. yeah. And then I guess, you know, Melody, uh, you're our best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say yours. She's our best friend. Like family, you know, she uh, called me in every few minutes. And then when the doctor came in, she called so I could hear what was going on. And, uh I started quickly. I was going to drive there. That's the first. It's just, just your my, first instinct. Yeah, my yeah, first How can instinct, I get there quickest? You know, when your dad passed, that was my first instinct yeah. to jump in the car, and that's what I did. And so typically, uh, that's what I do. And uh, actually, we're sitting in Lime Biscuit uh, at where my office is and Mark Sullivan's, and we're sitting here right now. <laughs> and I called Mark to tell him what was going on because Mark's a uh, firefighter slash EMT. And um, he immediately, he said, well, do you need a flight? I said, I think I'm going to drive. It's, you know, it's pretty expensive to, to fly day of like right now. And I, I was, I was overwhelmed. I, I've, I mean, we have a lot of friends. We have a lot of friends. And I know there's people, probably a lot of them that would do this, but I've never had anybody do this from, for me before. Right. Yeah. That 
even though I told him not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, he booked me a flight, and and some of you you may have seen our Facebook Live or whatever, but like he didn't just book a flight; he booked a first class flight for me to get there, and then picked me up and took me to the airport, um, and just made sure I, what I had blessing. whatever I needed, and that was a bit overwhelming. When I got yeah. off the phone with Mark, I kind of kept it together on the phone. I was like, thank you. So, you know, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And I think I called George, <laughs> Dr. Roller, <laughs> and I just kind of lost it because I was just, I mean, whenever I just, it was so overwhelming that somebody would do that uh, for us, you know, and I just, it was a totally well, that's, strange that's truly experience. truly a friend who is being the hands and feet of Jesus in your life. I mean, in that moment, because there, I mean, while, you know, you got a lot of friends that we believe would do that, there's not a lot of people that would do that or, you know, that would think that way. And Mark yeah. didn't even, him and Sherry, they don't even think about it. They just do it. And and they're amazing friends. Yeah. And his response was, I know you would do it for me. Right. And uh, obviously I would like to think that I would do that for any of my friends. And I, I'm not saying that we wouldn't, but I've just never been put in that situation, you know, yeah. before. And so uh, it was that was such a blessing, and, and I know Mark listens to this, and he hates being the center of attention, but uh, thank you, Mark and Sherry, your whole family, because you guys, yes. if you just bless us, and we are, have been blessed by your friendship, but um, got there, I guess, uh, about, I landed about 1230, the pastor of the church that you were supposed to be singing at, but your family did sing at. Yeah, um, and that was Saturday the other, night. that was the other side of it, is you know, there was still a concert that night and I was fine. I was in the hospital. I was stable. Um, you know, they were at that point, they were just letting me rest. They had me on so much, you know, medication. They were like, her body just needs a break because it had been through so much all night long of, you know, trying to just breathe and survive that it needed a break. And so, um, they went and had to do the concert as a trio in St. Mary's, Ohio. (coughs) And, uh, then, they actually had to go somewhere else that next Sunday morning. And so um, Melody ended up staying with me so that I wasn't alone until you got there. And they went and had to go do the Sunday morning concert. Then they were coming right back. Yeah. And so um, Melody, you know, we need, I just, Melody is amazing. First of all, the woman has seen every ounce of me at this point, And she's still my friend, which is amazing <laughs> to me. But yeah, I yeah. I cannot thank her enough, and Lord knows I can't live life without her. And uh, she was an amazing blessing to me, and it was just yeah. we we would laugh so many times because I was on so many fluids, I had to keep going to the restroom. Yeah, and it was just we just thought it was the funniest thing because they would come in and they'd be like, "Okay, just rest," and I'm like, "I can't go into the bathroom every thirty <laughs> seconds because you got so many bags of fluids in me." And so we just kind of giggled at that, and Melody would have to help me. And uh, Melody's. Another one of those great friends she is. that would do anything, not just if she, you know, could financially. She's always there. She's like always when, there. When, at every, which is strange because at every difficult point in, I think, in your life since you met Melody, she's kind of been she's there. She's always been there. And uh, so, you know, thank you, Melody. And uh, I got there and you were a little, you were pretty out of it, but <laughs> sure. I... <laughs> I know, you know, Amber never loses her sense of humor, even when she's out of it. And I had just gotten some new glasses. They came in on Saturday. <laughs> you love to I tell left. this yeah, story. Yeah, it's pretty funny, though. I, I thought it was great. And uh, Melody FaceTimed me when I got to the airport, when I landed. 
and she said, hey, Nathan's almost here. And he, I said, honey, uh, how are you? And you were kind of looking at me. And I said, I got my new glasses that I told you were coming. And they were free. They were like, they, they had some deal on some Chinese glasses website. <laughs> I'm Mr. Cheap. All my friends know it. But uh, I said, they were free. And you said, they really look like it. <laughs> and I said, well, at least Amber's got her sense of humor. And so it was, it, I mean, it made, it definitely was encouraging, you know, for me. But I... It was it was an overwhelming day, you know. Anytime, I think as a as a spouse or, or a husband, you know, your first inclination is always to protect your wife and to be there. And when you can do nothing, like yeah, you know, when you're ten hours away, and or even when you're in the hospital and you can't really do anything, it's it's uh, you you all you have done that a few times to me since we got <laughs> married. And, and I try not to. I know, but you know, um, funny enough, not funny, but. Interestingly enough, um, Gloria Gaither called me today and she said, you know, this, these are one of those moments because she knows, you know, our, our, how long I, uh, I always tell people jokingly that I chased you for 15 years. But she said, you know, it's these moments that God uses where it's a reminder of the fact that we give our spouse to him and and that was such a beautiful, obviously, she's always full of wisdom. Always. But I uh, I kind of had a little cry session in the car, while, you know, try not to, like, boo-hoo while she's talking to me. I think I me. boo-hoo anytime she cries, <laughs> or anytime she talks. It's just yeah. so amazing. But she just, she said, you know, how much she loved you. And she said, you know, I thought it was one of the most beautiful explanations of worship that I've ever heard. It was mind-blowing. But she said, when we lift our hands in worship on Sundays, we have to understand what we're asking for, mm. what we're really asking for. She said, because don't, don't do that if you don't realize you don't what it. you're asking for. She said, putting your hands open in worship to the Lord is saying, Lord, you can have whatever part of me. You can take what you need to take from me. But I also know that you will give me whatever you see fit that I need. Right. And it was such a, I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I mean, and so she was so encouraging today, just looking back over the, the last, you know, week now almost, but we, we, uh, you started getting better Yeah. Uh, Sunday and Monday. You really wanted to come home. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, you know, we're in Ohio and yeah. I just, I, I wouldn't, anybody would want to be home close to their own doctors and specialists and things like that. But I mean, just really wanted to be out of the hospital period. But yeah, Sunday they ran some tests. They wanted to check and make sure that there were no um, clots in my legs or in my heart. And so I did a, um, they did a Doppler on my legs, which was not fun. I thought that was going to be easy. Did not enjoy that at all. Yeah. And I no. I think I almost kicked that lady in the face. I almost I was, punched her in the face. I was dying. <laughs> and I, I was oh, like, stop, it was hurting. stop hurting my wife. It hurt Jeez, so lady. bad. She and, she uh, was doing her job. She was, she and was she was sweet. thorough. Yeah, she was <laughs> extremely thorough. But uh, they found there was no, thank God, there was no clots in the legs, and there were no clots in the heart. So that was yeah. a praise report because yeah. they were unsure. A lot of times, you know, blood clots start in your legs, and they send it up to the lungs. And so they were wanting to make sure that there was no more than what they found. And um, so that was a praise report. And the other thing to be thankful for was we were supposed to be on a plane on Monday, you know, and, and that could have been a... A yeah. whole different story. 
And I truly believe that God had this happen before that happened. And he saved my life because of it. Because, I mean, anybody that knows anything about blood clots, you don't fly with them. And so we would have never known. I mean, I don't know when the clots formed. I don't know when they came and when, you know, when they started. I know when the pain started because that was pretty evident. But um, and I'll know now what it feels like because it is it is forever burned in my memory of what that pain and truthfully, I still have some pain. Yeah, every night. And the doctor said, or every doctor that we've dealt with has said that that'll probably last for a month or so, maybe a little longer. Maybe a little longer. Just until, I, I actually did not understand, you know, my uncle and, and, and Danny, Jason's dad, uh, my my father-in-law's, I guess. Father. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Amber's granddad. Uh, there you go. I, whatever. Um, You know, he was in the hospital in January and he actually had. Uh, some Lots stuff in the brain he did and then my uncle my dad's brother twin brother actually had a an embolism in his lung as well while he was in the hospital for a heart issue and so i i didn't even ask those questions just because i you know that was there i mean we were there as much as we could be but his kids his wife were asking all those questions and that wasn't my place to be involved in those conversations so i i really didn't ask or know you just assume when they give you blood thinners, like, oh, it, it clears up and you're good to go. It's like a multi-month process, apparently, yeah. from the time when you start taking a blood thinner before that clot really dissolves into the bloodstream again. Um, so we, we learned a lot about that this week. Um, and then, so we came home Monday. Um, that was a rough bus ride just because you started having pain. I mean... It yeah, I mean, it's scary after you've had one, you know, yeah. or I've had two, but after you've felt that pain before, even though they told me it's it's going to be normal to have pain now for at least a month, and maybe two months, maybe three months, but um, it's still scary, you know, when that pain comes back because you, you come so close, you know, for me, it was so close to death that I it's like, okay, at what point now do I know is this just regular? Am I feeling just yeah. like, you know, the aftermath of this the or is, is this yeah. new? Yeah. And so, you know, all I know is that when it gets unbearable, you just go. Um, if you have a question, go. That's the best advice I can give somebody. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of people ask me like, well, what were your symptoms? And that's why I said in the beginning, it was a lot of pain in the arm, but mostly the biggest factor and indicator is the breathing, the, the very shallow breath, because it is impossible to take a deep breath. And they really emphasized in the hospital to try to get my lungs to take deep breaths because they wanted to bring down the oxygen so that I could breathe on my own again. And so um, I really had to kind of sit there and remember we did all those exercises. It was like, okay, every commercial break on the TV, we did deep breaths and that's what we did. That was and my then exercise. Bicycle pedals in the air with your feet, you know, yes. just to, and then you had to get up and walk around. So we got back. Uh, Amber's been resting the past few days because we're releasing this episode because we've missed two. Uh, we're going to, we'll post it today. So you're going to hear this pretty much in real time almost. Right. But uh, Amber had uh, a hematologist appointment this morning. Yeah. And a, we had to get a specialist here because yeah. I didn't even know who to go to. Yeah. And, um, we called our IVF doctor and they said, you need to go to a hematologist. And so we made an appointment with, with her and, um, <clears throat> and she was amazing. Oh yeah. She was great. She was very uh, informative. Um, she was very kind, straight to the point. Um, yeah. 
changed the medicine, which is going to be great. Yeah, um, that's what needed to. I mean, that was really why we went because yeah. the we found out again today. There's only one um, blood thinner that works not only during IVF but also while you're pregnant, um, and that's another shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but these are not so not bad. No. But uh, so you'll be starting those and changing from the Eliquis that you they put you on in Ohio, and they knew that you know they knew that that was going to have to change because that but that wasn't yeah, their problem Eliquis at the moment. Eliquis isn't is it safe for pregnancy? Yeah, that wasn't their problem at the moment. They're just trying to get you healthy enough to get back home. Right. And so now, so we had that this morning. We'll deal with IVF next uh, week. Next week we'll have a meeting with them to kind of figure out where, like, uh, how long the the pause may need to be or, or not or whatever. And so, uh, either way, we're very grateful. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things happening at the same time, you know, autumn, your sister's getting married yeah. on Tuesday. And so there was, you know, there was a lot of difficult decisions that you know everybody had to make while you were in the hospital. Cause autumn has so many things to get ready for a wedding. And I told her to go yeah. I and mean, I completely understood she didn't want to go, yeah. but she had so much that she had to get done. Yeah. It's the week before her wedding, and I wasn't going to ask her to stay there. And I was fine by that point. I was stable. We knew that, you know, another day I'd be going home. And so, um, you know, she needed to go. But yeah. it was hard for her because she didn't want to leave me there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I came home Monday, and so now we're home, and that's all been great. But, you know, life looks a little different right now for the time being because I have to take it easy. Um you know, you, you got to have, you just have to be very cautious with every decision that we make right now. And so, um, yeah, I'm, the doctors been calling it, you know, use it in everything you do, look at it from a risk analysis, you know, when you're on medications and things like this, that now that you've had uh, blood clots, everything, you're now an extremely high risk patient when it comes to these things. And so that is the formula they've given us now for every decision you know, look, moving forward. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we'll, we'll just prayerfully work through that and walk through that. And, and, uh, the Lord's going to work that out and it's going to be fine. Um, but we are grateful. Uh, so many of you who listen to this, um, prayed and, and people that don't listen to this, I mean, yeah. people from all over the, the, the world, um, that have reached out that they were praying for, for Amber and, um, grateful you know to our families for really putting that out there for people to pray for her through this whole ordeal um i'm certainly grateful as your husband for so many people who have reached out and uh, i'm sorry again we haven't been able to reach back out to everybody but we will get there but um it's been an interesting week but we wanted to really take this episode to kind of walk through what's been going on um but at the end of the day God is faithful. Yeah. And we pushed back. Uh, we were supposed to have an outreach this week, as you said. We pushed it back a few weeks, and that's okay. Funny enough, um, and I keep using that term because it's not funny, but ironically, and, and God's timing as well, there's a lot going on on the Hill this week that we had no idea was, you know, it would have been very difficult, if I were honest, to do to an outreach. Yeah. yeah. So the Lord's worked all of that out. Our team um, in D.C., our staff, they've just been amazing. So thank you to everybody, Dr. Roller. And since we're, you know, I mean, most of this podcast is obviously about D.C. mainly. 
Um, <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. I can't. Why? <laughs> you gonna tell? You talking about oh, the letter? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we we got home, and uh, I don't think. Well, I don't know about you, but I hadn't really processed everything that had gone on yet. I mean, it was like. You know, in the hospital, I was kind of in and out, and I would cry in and out in the hospital, but that was mainly because I was in a lot of pain. But, um, you know, they told you, they, they told me there comes a little bit of, like, depression and all this stuff after you've had an embolism, especially after having two because it's so close to the heart. It deals, I mean, it's just, I, after, when you research it, apparently, it is a thing. And I'm sure people that are listening, they can attest to this, especially after you've had one. Yeah. And, um. It had, I mean, we got home on Monday morning. Well, really, we, we got home Sunday night. Mm-mm. And no, 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 Monday night. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You're right. Monday night. Two, and, two in the morning, Tuesday morning. <clears throat> yeah. Tuesday came, and honestly, I just slept. Slept all day. And that's probably from lack of sleep in the hospital. Because, I mean, those of you that have been to the hospital, you know, you just don't sleep. Mm-hmm. They wake you up every probably hour for a while. That first night, they were waking me up every 30 minutes, checking vitals, checking my oxygen, and there was just no rest for the weary. And then when we got home, I just slept and slept and slept more. And so Tuesday was kind of just, it went and came. <laughs> it just was like, okay. And Wednesday came and I was a little bit more alive on Wednesday and was like, okay, let's, let's go out and about, let's run some errands, you know, let's just do some stuff like that's normal and see if I can walk you know, catch my breath some. And you got tuckered out quick. Yeah, well, I mean, it it is. It's one of those things that I'm having to kind of gain my strength back. And when I walk, sometimes it can wear me out right now. And I'm sure that's from the lung issue. Yeah. And so, because um, I'm not that out of shape. <laughs> I can walk. But um, that's just from the lungs. And so I hadn't really dealt with any of it. And then we got a letter in the mail and this is why I bring this up because this podcast is a lot about DC and some of you may have your opinions of members of Congress, but you need to hear something encouraging. And, um, there was a lady, Congresswoman. okay. Kathy McMorris Rogers from the state of Washington, Spokane, um, Spokane. And she is a huge prayer warrior. We're (laughs) so close to her. And anytime that we go to DC, we pray with Kathy, Kathy prays with us. Um, we have a very close relationship with Kathy and yeah, her, her family. Whole family yeah. And so um, she, along back when we started the IVF journey, when we were talking about trying to raise funds to be able to do IVF, Kathy had wanted to donate. And obviously, as a member of Congress, they're so busy, they don't remember things. <laughs> like, unless it is on their schedule, you know, it's hard for them to. To remember, and she had wanted to donate to us, and yeah. she and had she has every three intention. Kids when she's home, one especially one needs. special needs. Yeah, and so she's a busy lady. She's very busy, and we didn't think anything about it. I mean, we we honestly, I kind of forgot about it. I did forget had, about she it. She had texted me a while back then. It was two months ago. And yeah. Just said, "Give me your, you know, give me your address or whatever," and I just said, okay. And um, so, anyways. So yeah, so you found you got the mail out of the mailbox. And she had sent a letter in the mail and it was this beautiful note of how she was praying for us. She had no clue because she sent this letter, I mean, a week and a half before any of this had happened. So it's not like she sent it knowing what happened. I just believe that the Lord used her for that moment and she just obeyed. Yeah, I I think there was a specific 
passage, if you want to call it in that note. She said, I know, I know you've been walking through the fire. Yeah. And that was kind of where I lost it. I know you kind of lost it too. I didn't kind of lose it. I did lose yeah. it. Um, you know, just when somebody listens to the voice of God mm-hmm. and have that has an innate ability to, to really hear what God is telling them to do, um, they pick up on things, you know, and God uses them in that way. And uh, Congresswoman Mc, uh, McMorris Rogers is exceptional in, in that regard. Well, she I, is. We both know that about her. She has a deep walk with the Lord. And so it's just another reminder of that, but also that God was using her just to tell us it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, I, that I was the plans. moment that I lost it. Like it kind of, I had dealt, I was dealing with it at that point because it was just so overwhelming. You know, like for you, it was Mark being someone being that kind to you. For well, me, honestly, mine was that morning when really? we were in bed. Well, remember I rolled, like you rolled over, you woke up and I was just bawling my eyes out and you're like, why are you crying? <laughs> that <laughs> happened It to happens me. different for everybody. It does. And that, that same kind of thing happened when we lost the babies. It was like two months later and you know, I, I just, I mean, I kind of was held it together through the whole experience. Well, that was a little different too, because you were having to take care of me yeah. for, you know, to heal for two months physically, not just everything else, like emotionally yeah. and mentally. I just you remember. were caretaking for me. And then when I finally got better, you were able to just let it all out. Yeah. You know, I woke up one morning yourself. and was like, I, I couldn't even function. I it just, it hit so hard and it was yeah. kind of like that. You know, not to that extent, but it was like, it was so overwhelming. I felt, what yesterday morning, felt like this massive, overwhelming thing wash over me. And where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this this happened again. You know, like this is another time where you kind of a near-death experience, and not kind of a near-death, a near-death experience that Amber's had, and... Again, that's you know one of why when Gloria called today and was sharing that it was, so it was so encouraging to me. But yeah. um, it is it is encouraging to know that there are people in Congress that love Jesus with all their heart, that listen to the voice of God, and act upon what God is telling them to do. Yeah. And then Kathy called last night, mm-hmm. and to check on you and. Uh, Got to return the favor a little bit to her to pray with her as we always do when she when yeah. we when she calls or, or I call. And not only uh, did she write the note, she sent the donation for IVF, and it was like nobody had reminded her. We hadn't talked about it, and it was just yeah. you know she's. It just amazed me that someone who can be so busy who is helping try to run our country would think about us. Yeah. Would take the time and go, this is important to me because I care about them. Yeah. That is that I think that's what was the most overwhelming to me was that, you know, who am I that <laughs> this woman would care enough to to send something for for us to be able to have a child. And so <clears throat> excuse me. But not only that, but her words, her prayer in that note and just them knowing Kathy and who she is, it was all overwhelming. And so I had I had my breakdown moment for in that moment. And yeah. then um, we came to the office for a minute where we we actually record all these podcasts. 
And Mark and Sherry walked out and I lost it again. And Sherry was like, oh no, what's wrong? I'm so sorry. It's sorry. okay. It's going to be okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just stopped crying and now I'm crying again. But I think I got all that out now. So today was a better day. Um, we woke up today. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but that's okay. Because today was a better day. We went and saw the hematologist. Got that out of the way. Feel good about that. And now we're just going to wait for the next appointment and take it day by day and but I just wanted everybody to know, you know, that even I know we talk about DC a lot, that there are godly members of Congress out there who truly do listen to the voice of God and they do care and they are they are good people. And at the end of the day, they're human. Yeah, they're human. She's a mom. You know, she understands what that's like. She's a wife. She understands what it's like to have a spouse that's sick. She gets all of that. And so um, we dehumanize them a lot because we watch them on TV and it's easy to hate people who you don't agree with. We talk yeah. about that all the time. When it goes to show even beyond that, why the work that we have been doing is so important. Yeah. And, and I think it's, a, it's a testimony or a testament <coughs> to the work that God has allowed us to do over these years in building relationships like that yeah not that we've done anything you know when god gives you favor with people but it's the consistency factor and shows that the work is important this work is important yeah to encourage to love on people and it just so happened that in our time of need when we're typically there for theirs they reached out to us when we're we're trying to be the encouragers we were encouraged right and loved on and um, so thank you, Kathy and uh, and Brian and kids. We are grateful to y'all. Kathy tends to, uh, I don't know how, but somehow she keeps up with our Facebooks. So <laughs> I often get text messages. She knows what's going on. But uh, I'm sure you'll listen to this because you usually do. But um, we're grateful. We're thankful to the Lord because he has protected us. He's protected Amber. And... Um, I don't always understand, uh, we don't always understand why God allows the things that he does in our lives. Nope. But I know that all things work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And that is the truth that we hold on to in these moments. And so, honey, I'm glad that you're okay. Me too. And uh, I'm glad we're able to kind of share this today. This one's a little long, I think, but uh, we're very grateful. Thank you guys for listening. If you have not already. Um, subscribe. Subscribe, follow, whatever that is. And leave a review, please. A good one would be nice. Yeah. Someone left one that was four words and it made no sense. <laughs> and it was, it was, I guess it was supposed to be negative, but who knows? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, leave a review and then also if you want to find out more information about what we do in D.C. you can go to hopetothehill.com we have a trip upcoming in January passagesdc.com if you'd like to support what we do in D.C. you can do so at hopetothehill.com as well and uh, we will be forever grateful so thank you guys we'll see you next time next time